0: Over the last uh, couple of weeks, you'll know that we've uh, been this series uh, that we're calling uh, an extreme makeover. Uh, it's that idea, idea that, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, very often people make uh, resolutions and have all sorts of ideas about how they're going to change their lives or their appearance. And uh, here at Long Baptist Church, what we're wanting to do is give people a spiritual makeover. And Jesus can and wants to change and transform who we are, uh, what we do and what we say. And uh, in this series so far we've, uh, we've been uh, working through the book of James. That's where we're going uh, over these next few weeks. We're reading through the book of James. Uh, we started in chapter 1 uh, looking at the ears and we decided that God wants us to have big ears. Uh, not only to hear what God is saying to us. Uh, but to have a listening ear to what people around us are saying to us and people in our community. And then in, uh, in chapter 2, uh, we were thinking about our hands. And uh, we were saying that God wants us to have dirty hands. He wants us to get involved. He wants us to be, uh, to be helping people. He wants us to be holding people and he wants us to be healing people. And so we we're thinking about uh, using our hands and uh, this week we are continuing our extreme makeover, and uh, the body part that we are thinking about this week is the tongue. We've all got one? You can stick it out at me now, if you like, just to show you've got one. There you are, it's not often you get that opportunity, you can stick your tongue out at the minister, go on, stick your tongue out, give it, that's it, that's it, use your tongue, okay. And, uh, What we're saying this week is that uh, we think that Jesus, if he was to do a a makeover on your tongue, he'd want you to have a pierced tongue. Now before you uh, all rush out to the uh, the local uh, body piercing uh, place, wherever that may be, uh, let me tell you, I'm not thinking about that sort of uh, piercing. But in James chapter 3, he does talk about taming the tongue, uh, restraining it or piercing it. Through its tendency towards evil. And so we're thinking about how uh, we use our tongues this morning. And uh, the first thing I want to say about the tongue is that it has the power to direct. That the tongue has the power to direct. Jesus, uh, James talks about teachers and the responsibility that they carry. And he gives the example of uh, you know, the small bits in the horse's mouth. Uh, that uh, enables the person to uh, to direct the animal in any direction that it wants to go I heard a story about, uh, about a horse that uh, I felt that you would like to hear and uh, it's a story of uh, an evangelist uh, who was so successful that he managed to convert his own horse imagine that and he decided he would develop his ministry and he took his horse to market to exchange it for another horse A farmer came along and uh, he was on a very old horse and the evangelist asked him to swap. The farmer took one look at the fine condition of the evangelist's horse and agreed to swap, thinking he'd got a great bargain. As he mounted the horse, the evangelist explained to him about the horse's religious zeal. It's no good shouting, giddy up, or woe there boy. To get the horse started, you have to shout, praise the Lord. And to get the horse to stop... You have to shout, Amen. So to get the horse to start, you have to shout, Praise the Lord. And to get the horse to stop, you have to shout, Amen. The farmer smiled, thinking he was dealing with a fool. But seeing the horse was in such excellent condition, he gladly agreed to the exchange. As the evangelist trotted away on the farmer's old horse, the farmer shouted, Giddy up there! But there was no reaction. The horse stood still. The farmer got his whip, and he whipped the horse, but still... The horse would not budge. Perhaps the whole preacher wasn't as daft as he thought. No harm in trying. He took a deep breath and shouted, Praise the Lord. Immediately the horse galloped off. The astonished farmer clung on for dear life as he sped along the road. This is some horse, he thought, as it raced across the fields, jumping gates without any hesitation. At last the farmer heard the sounds of the sea. And in the distance he realised they were approaching the white cliffs of Dover. Woe there, boy, he called, woe there, but the horse carried on. He pulled in the reins tight, it sped on. Silly me, he thought, what was that religious word that I had to shout? Uh, he couldn't remember. He shouted, faith, and still the horse carried on. Urgently, he shouted, uh, hallelujah, but still the horse carried on. Suddenly, within yards of the cliff edge, he remembered the word, Amen. And the horse came to a stop, inches to spare, from the edge of the cliff. The farmer mocked his brow, lifted his eyes to heaven in gratitude and said, Praise the Lord. <laughs> the tongue has the power to direct small part in the body, but it makes such great boasts, James said. And we shouldn't underestimate... Uh, the power of words. In the church, one of the things that we want to do is to give people direction in their lives. Purpose. Uh, in Sunday school, um, you know, we teach the children the things that we think they need to know about God and about Jesus. In the hope that it will give them direction in their lives. And we want to help give people direction. I don't know if you've ever been in a, a situation where you've been uh, Where you've been lost. Where you've not known the way. Have you ever been... Uh, and you've stopped and you've asked somebody. Have you ever been in that situation? And they say, oh yes, it's, it's dead easy. You just carry on the road. You come to the, to the first set of traffic lights. You turn right. You carry on until you get to the garage. You come to a second set of traffic lights. You turn left. Or was it right? No, left. And then when you come to the post office, uh, after the third turning on the right, you, you carry on until you see... And, you th- and, 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 you, and you've no idea, have you? You've, you're completely lost. Once I got lost... Um, in, uh, in the subway in Moscow. And uh, I was with a friend, and we were desperate, we were desperately lost, and we hadn't a clue. We couldn't read the signs in, in, in Russian. And eventually we found somebody that could speak English. And uh, we explained to them where they were trying to get to. And they started to tell us. And uh, they could obviously see from our faces that we hadn't a clue. And so what they said was, i tell you what, um, come with me. And uh, they jumped on the tube and they took us and we jumped on one tube and another tube and they took us exactly where we wanted to go. That's the sort of direction uh, that we need to be giving people. Directions that people understand. And uh, using our tongues to make sure that we're directing people in the right way. And in this church we're hoping to be giving uh, direction and uh, in a few weeks time we're going to be starting this thing called 40 Days of Purpose. Uh, And uh, Rick Warren, uh, the author of the book, Purpose Driven Life, says this. He says, the 40 day journey will show you how to live a purpose driven life. A life guided, controlled and directed by God's purposes. Uh, Write the date in your diary, the 6th of March. And uh, you'll be hearing lots more about this in the coming weeks. Uh, But we're wanting to give people direction. And uh, James Uh, Reminds us that the tongue uh, can direct. Likewise the tongue is a small part of the body. But it makes great boasts. And it gives these examples of of things that give direction. The rudder on a ship and the bit in the horse's mouth. But secondly the tongue uh, as well as having the power to direct people. It also has the power to destroy. Our words can direct people. But our words can also destroy people. And sadly in my line of work, there's many times when I've had to try and pick people up after they've been put down by words that have been spoken to them. And uh, so often, um, our words uh, that we speak um, are not always the nicest possible words. And of course our words can get us into trouble. Um, this is uh, a picture of, uh, of Terry Jones. Uh, he came to fame by uh, a pastor in Florida, uh, threatening to, bu- to burn uh, the, uh, the book, the Quran. And uh, recently, uh, he's been refused permission to come into this country, not because of something he did, but because of something he said. And uh, he's been refused permission to come into the country because they fear that his words might incite people. To racial hatred, and of course, that's one of our laws of our land. Uh, you know that you can be punished for by inciting people by using words against people. Here's somebody else who got into trouble uh, for what they said. Pete, bishop Pete Broadbender a Church of England uh, bishop, uh, posted something on Facebook when the uh, when the wedding of uh, of, uh, of 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 Kate and uh, and uh, is it Harry William. William. Was announced. Uh, shows how much I know um, about the royal family. Uh, but he posted something on, on his Facebook. Uh, just made a comment saying that he didn't think that the marriage would last. He'd give it seven years. And uh, he's been asked to uh, to stand down from public uh, ministry uh, as a result of this. It just shows, you know, how how our, how our words, you know, just making remarks. And of course, now um, it's not just a spoken word, is it? There's so many ways that we can use words. You know, with email and uh, with text and with Facebook and, and Twitter. And uh, so often, you know, uh, people put things out there. And as we were saying to the kids with the toothpaste, you know, once you've posted something on your Facebook site, if you don't know what Facebook and Twitter is, don't worry about it, folks. It's, uh, it's on people's computer. Ask your daughters or your, your grandchildren they'll explain. But once it's out there, uh, you've said it and you can't get it back. And, uh, you know, I see people's posts <laughs> and sometimes you wonder, why are people writing these things? Why, why are they putting them out there? Because they, they're they divulging things that aren't very nice sometimes and sometimes they're divulging things about themselves that you don't really want to know. And uh, here the cartoonist is just reminding us that the same with an email, you know, you can send an email and, uh, you know, sometimes you can be annoyed by somebody and say something, you can send it, but once you press that send button, it's gone and there's no way you can get it back. And, uh, you know, the power to destroy, the words that we say um, can destroy people. And uh, some of you sat, sat here this morning will know that. Uh, because you will have words spoken to you um, that still haunt you, that still live with you. Because somebody said something to you uh, that's not been very nice and maybe you've carried it. Of course, um, you know, some people say, well, Richard, you know, um, I'm just being honest. I'm just being frank. As if somehow uh, that excuses the rudeness and the nastiness sometimes. And sometimes people say, well that's just the way I am. And uh, you know, part of this extreme makeover is is the idea that God wants to change us. And one of the things he wants to change us into is to nicer people. People that are more like his son Jesus. And so let's make sure that the words that we use... Are not words that destroy people. Are not words that knock people down. And of course, you know, people that uh, people that do speak honestly and truth, you know, very often, uh, they use these dreaded words, don't they? They say, I'm saying to this to you in love. And you think, that doesn't sound like love. <laughs> uh, it actually sounds quite nasty. And sometimes, we're less than honest in, in the words that we say. And in my... Uh, time uh, as being a minister, one of, the, one of the sad things I've found out about people is that very often the people that are most critical, the people that are quickest to condemn others, are the least able to cope with criticism themselves. And maybe there's something in that, you know. Maybe those people that, uh, that always seem to have a, um, a grumpy or a, or a critical nature about them, Maybe it's because that's the way that they've been treated. Maybe that's, that's how they've um, been, been... That's their experience. That that's what they've heard. The words that they've heard have always been condemning and critical. And they've picked up on that. And it's almost like a, a defence mechanism that comes out. And uh, Jesus himself uh, speaks about uh, you know where our words come from. That they do actually... Uh, when we speak, we give away a lot more than ourselves than we realize. Jesus says this in Matthew's Gospel. He says, Make a tree good and its fruit will be good, or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you, who are evil, say anything good? For out of the overflow of the, overflow of the heart of the mouth, the mouth, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. And so when we speak. Uh, we're actually speaking from what's inside us. And uh, when we say things. That are less than kind to people. We're actually revealing something within our heart. That needs to be dealt with. That needs to be changed. And. And. Uh, I came across this little acronym and I've uh, I've used it before, but it's worth reminding people. Just about thinking before you speak and ask yourself, is it true? Is what I'm going to say true? Is it helpful? Is what I'm going to say actually going to be helpful to the person that I say it to? Is it inspiring? Is it going to encourage the person? Is it necessary? Is it actually necessary to say the thing that I'm going to say? And is it kind? Is it kind? Let me give you a, silly little, a little example, because uh, believe it or not, um, you know, as a minister, sometimes you do receive criticism. I know you'll be thinking, "Impossible! You're such a nice, kind, generous person. No one will ever criticise you." But, but occasionally, on the odd occasion, uh, someone, some people do. And, and one occasion uh, that I've been criticised for over the years, a uh, uh, continuing criticism, is the fact that I can't spell. And uh, in a previous church, uh, I introduced a, a, a projector system. And, you know, if you come up with an idea, very often you end up doing all the work. So I had to type the songs and hymns in uh, every week. And, uh, and uh, it was obvious that, m- that my spelling was, was, was less than great. And there was all sorts of spelling mistakes that appeared on the screen. And there were certain people in the congregation who it really irritated. It really and every week they would come up to me and they'd say Richard and they'd give me a, a real ear wag and they'd say you know there was a, a spelling mistake in, in that hymn and it ruined my whole whole worship it was, it was terrible because all I could do was concentrate and, they'd t- and and week after week this would go on and and the sad thing about though it's a bit funny and I could just laugh it off the sad thing about it is is you know if they thought about some of these things they could have they could have said you know Richard would would you like me to type the song the words in for the song you know uh, or you know they could have said Richard you know, you, you're rubbish at spelling. Uh, would you just like me to, to, to be your spell check each Sunday morning? I'll go and I'll just check the words. Uh, you know, a different way of approaching. It's, it's, not, it's not denying when there's a fault. It's not, it's not, it's not thinking that we can't uh, point things out to people, but it's the way that we go about it. And uh, some people um, have been brought up, maybe, um, just to speak. You know, it's probably a good Lancashire thing, isn't it? To speak your mind. Um, But it's not always the kindest thing to do. And it's not always the most helpful thing to do. And uh, James points out that, you know, words can destroy. You know, if you tell a child, if you continue to tell a child that you're rubbish and that you'll never attain to anything, don't be surprised if that child, that's how that child ends up because that's the message that they've been given. And uh, when I worked as a residential social worker, I, I, I worked with lots of children Um, And all they had received from, from an early age was negative things said about them. And uh, they had such a low self-esteem because all the words that had been spoken into their lives had been negative. You're useless, you're hopeless, and sadly, sometimes in the school, the same things had happened. The teachers had said, you know, you'll never attain to anything because your behavior is so bad. And this negative thing had gone through their lives. And it was no surprise that they ended up in a life of crime and, uh, and in a children's home. Because they'd been, all they'd heard was negative things. And uh, words can, you know, we, we, we know that little phrase, don't we? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but little words will never hurt me. Don't believe that. There's nobody here this morning, there's not one person, however brash and bold we appear, there's not one person who doesn't like to be criticized. Nobody likes it. Nobody likes it when people point out things negatively. Nobody likes it. So think before you speak. And let's make sure that our words don't destroy people. But the positive thing is is that uh, words also have the power to delight. The power to delight. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. As well as the fact that we curse men. And James said this shouldn't be so. This shouldn't be the case. This shouldn't be how it is. We need to make sure that our tongues are used to praise and not to curse. Why? Well, James says because, you know, uh, people are made in the image of God. Each person, every person that has lived and ever will live has been created in God's image. And so when we're cursing people and we're saying bad things about people, we're actually offending God. We're actually doing God a disservice. And, you know, the great things about words is that, you know, um, there's nobody here this morning that hasn't had a a kind word said to them. And you know how that makes you feel. And it can be the most simple of things. You know, you can just say to somebody, you know, oh, I really like the shirt that you're wearing today. Or your hair really looks nice. And suddenly, uh, a smile appears on the person's face. Why don't we just try a little experiment? You know, turn to the person next to you. And, uh, and say something nice, something complimentary. Something about their, 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 uh, the way that they're dressed or just the person who they are. Say something uplifting to the person. Just have a go now and see how good. And then the other person say something back to you and just see how good it makes you feel. Feel better for that? Have you uh, have you had anybody? <coughs> I just it wasn't anybody mischievous who uh, who decided to be less than complimentary. But you know, uh, you know, we 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 can use our words really to to uplift people and to encourage them. That's what we want to do. Uh, we want to encourage people in the faith, and we do that, don't we, by the words that we speak. Um, you know, I don't keep the critical words that are said about me I listen to them and I, and I weigh them but I've learnt over the years not to keep them not to allow the words to have a negative impact on me but you know, I do keep the words of encouragement I've got a, a little uh, draw in one of the cabinets in my office where, you know, I, I've got letters that people have written to me emails that people have sent to me uh, encouraging words because you can go back to them And uh, maybe when you're having a hard time and you feel like the whole world's against you, you can take one of those letters out and you can read it again. And that has the power to delight. And you think, well, here was somebody um, who appreciated something that I did. And it gives you a lift. And, of course, um, do you notice in the Gospels that, you know, Jesus did say some harsh things. uh, But most of Jesus' harsh words were actually spoken to the teacher's and, uh, and the law givers uh, why did Jesus have harsh words for them because they were making it really hard for the ordinary everyday people to actually enter into this life of faith the words that they were speaking were not encouraging and delighting people they were making following uh, God and, and being, and being a, a, a good person of faith difficult and hard and Jesus says you know come to me and I will give you rest. And uh, you know, Jesus, the words that He spoke to the ordinary, everyday people were always uplifting and encouraging words. And the challenge, of course, for us is the same challenge, you know, that we gave to the children. And uh, you know, if you need a if you need a, a tube of toothpaste to uh, to be uh, you know to to get through this challenge, then you know you can have one. Anybody want a tube of toothpaste? There we go. Mind out, you? There you go, to a toothpaste, because, you know, the challenge is, uh, you know, for this week, and for some of us it's going to be hard to do this, but for this week to see if we can use our words to encourage people, you know, go into work and uh, thank the person that does, you know, a tedious, thankless job. When you go into the supermarket, you know, the person on the cash register, uh, you know, who often gets the brunt of people's frustration because you've been stood in a queue or maybe they've got something wrong. Say, thank you. You know, you're doing a great job. Thank you. You know, just use our words to actually uplift and see what a difference it makes. We can impact people's lives uh, just by using a few kind words. And people will be surprised because... It doesn't happen very often. More often than not, um, you know, they receive people's complaints, they receive people's uh, bad tempers because uh, maybe their week's not being great and we, we take it out on those people around us. And so let's be a people um, that are using our words to encourage, to uplift and to build people up rather than to knock people down. And let's uh, take seriously this idea that God does actually want to change us. You see, some people are th- sat there thinking, well, you know, this is how I am. This is how I've been for years and I'm, I'm not going to change. And, uh, and that's sad. Because God can change us. God wants to continue to change us. And at the beginning, you know, James says that uh, if anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is perfect. Able to keep his whole body in check. And of course, none of us can say that we're not at fault. We all need God to continually change us. I mentioned uh, last week, you know, that I went to this mainstream conference and Carl uh, uh, Beach, one of the speakers, was talking about uh, the fact that he was building up a leadership team. And he was talking about this whole area of, uh, of, of speaking to one another honestly and truthfully. And what he said is, is within the team meeting... Um, he encouraged people to challenge people, to to, to argue uh, the points and, and to take people to task. He said, but the reason why we could do that is because of the relationships that existed between the people. Because we knew once we got outside that meeting, that we had each other's backs. That they wouldn't hear, hear a bad word said about one another. And you know, we've all been in situations, haven't we? Um, when we've heard somebody speaking and we felt a little bit uncomfortable because we know that what they were saying wasn't very kind. But we've, we've kept silence. And, you know, sometimes we have to watch one another's backs. We have to say, whoa, 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 you're not saying that about my friend. And, uh, you know, in, in the relationships, that's what we do. You know, me and Sue, you know, we do argue from time to time. No, again, you think... The minister never has a, an argument with his with his wife, but we'll argue. Um, but, and, and Susan knows my faults better than anybody else, and uh, you know she will point them out to me. Um, but you say something bad about me to Susan, to Susan, you know, and she's watching my back, and vice versa. And that's how we need to be. We need to protect one another. And uh, one of the things that happens in church life, one of the most destructive things that happens is when people gossip and people say things and it's little things and it's it's what happens in the world out there it's how people live they gossip about people and they knock people down and very often it's the most vulnerable people isn't it you know it starts in the school ground with the with the bully picking on the most vulnerable people but it carries on in the workplace and sadly it can even happen in the church and we need to watch one another's backs we say whoa you're not saying that about my friend you know, I don't want to hear it. Sometimes we have to stop people. You don't need to make a big fuss. You say, I don't want to hear it. And so they will know that they're not bringing the gossip to you. And eventually, <laughs> they'll find that there's nobody in the church they can bring the gossip to you. And they might think, well, hang on a sec. Maybe I need to change uh, the way that I'm living. You see, all through James is a very practical book. Uh, it's about how we live. You know, we've been saying, you know, it's not just about what we believe. It's about doing it. It's not just about what we say, but how we say it, and uh, what we think. And so, the book of James, and uh, the tongue, we know that, uh, that it has the power to delight. We can delight at God in heaven, and we can delight one another by the words uh, that we use. So when somebody says, you know, does this make me look fat, um, you know, think, is it necessary? Is it kind? (laughs) The Power to delight. So our tongue, it has the power to direct, it has the power to destroy, and it has the power to delight. Let's make sure we're directing and delighting rather than destroying. Let's pray together.